Hey, everyone. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. We have two great guests today. Uh, joining me are two members of the leadership team of both Coda Health and Privia Health. I'll let them both give their intros. Um, we'll start off, Dr. Fernandez, if you want to start off giving your uh, background, and then we'll we'll kick it over to, uh, to, to Dr. Mohan and go from there. Yeah, sure. Uh, Keith Fernandez, Chief Clinical Officer of Privia. been with Privia about six and a half years now. Um, and have had dual roles there, a national role as chief clinical officer. And also I entered Privia with one of the markets in Houston, Texas, and uh, ran the uh, and continue to, to, to manage the ACO in that market and the value-based care. Past history as uh, physician in chief uh, at Memorial Hermann and the Physician Network Quality and Safety Program and uh, one of the early Medicare Shared Savings Programs. Wonderful. Um, and I'm excited to, to be on this uh, uh, webinar with you, uh, Keith. Um, I'm Daesh Mohan. I am one of the co-founders and chief medical officer at Coda Health. Um, so I'm an internal medicine physician by training, um, practiced for several years as a hospitalist, and then about uh, four or five years ago, um, you know, got recruited into a uh, biodesign innovation fellowship, and we spun out Coda Health, where we focus on streamlining and making advanced care planning um, really easy for health systems, particularly for their Medicare patient population. Thank you both for the backgrounds. Uh, we'll, we'll dive into we'll kind of each will have a chance to kind of go back and forth here. Um, we'll, we'll start with you, Dej, to, to kick off with this question. We'll kind of alternate. Um, I, I want to go through how each of your organizations approach innovating in healthcare. Um, and then really kind of what initiatives you're focusing on the most to, to kind of move innovation forward within each of your organizations. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think one, one thing that's really helpful just as um, contextualization of how our work came about at Coda is how we started. Um, and and I, that started off very much in an innovation ecosystem. So. Um, I'm also based in Houston, Texas, and we started off in the Texas Medical Center Innovation um, Institute, where they essentially bring in um, individuals and tell them to go into the major hospital systems like Memorial Hermann, like Houston Methodist, MD Anderson, look at pain points within the system. Um, and I think that's really how innovation in healthcare should be approached. It's really going down and understanding the root cause of problems and identifying how you can actually address that um, in a really tangible way. And so when we started off, one of the big things that we saw that was really a pain point was that there was a lot of care being delivered to patients in the inpatient setting, the ICU settings that often was misaligned with values and what they believed. And one of the big issues that we saw is there was very few conversations happening proactively for these patients. And our goal was, how do we make it easier for health systems like Privia or others to have those conversations in an easier way where patients can define what values are important to them, what care is important to them, who they want to make decisions for them, so that if and when they face serious illness, they actually get the care that they want. Um, and I think that's a big a way that we approach innovation is, let's go down and look at the root problem and let's actually do a lot of discovery and needs finding with patients. Um, and, and I think that's a, a core tenet of how innovation healthcare should be approached. And that's 
generally how we approach things in an ongoing basis uh, at Coda. Um, so just that's our kind of big picture approach to innovation and, and how we how we uh, kind of progress as a as an organization. Yeah, so I'll just uh, tack on there from a Privia standpoint. I, I joined Privia from a big health system that had employed doctors, an academic medical center, and then a lot of private practice doctors. And I think, you know, we did great things at Memorial Hermann, but I always wished I could do it with uh, those private practice doctors that are not necessarily a part of uh, another system. Still a very large number of uh, physicians doing that. And the problem to address is, how do you take private practice physicians and put them in an organization that actually gives them all of the power of a big health system, gives them more revenue, more uh, you know, financial backing, innovation, technology, um, and, and actually make a success, a successful program with those kinds of physicians. So the opportunity to join a, 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 a big practice with a single tax ID with a single technology platform across the country that allows just huge power in looking at different populations and is scalable. So I don't need people everywhere to do the job. Um, and then to bring uh, you know, this technology to the service of the doctor, making it the doctor's life a little bit easier. Uh, and I, I just will say that the, the, the innovation there, I think is you know, many different pieces. But the real innovation is all of the pieces together and bringing that uh, to private practice physicians who otherwise just couldn't do it. And thank you both for your, for your comments on this. I, I want to make sure too. so we're going to go back to you, Dr. Fernandez, um, and then uh, we'll, you'll both have a chance to, to speak to it. Medicare is such a crucial part of the healthcare landscape, right, uh, in the U.S. I want both of you to kind of Talk me through how your organizations are engaging uh, in supporting Medicare patients today. I think, um, you know, Medicare, first of all, obviously very critical, uh, you know, to success in healthcare. Critical because that's where the money is spent in healthcare. I mean, the, the massive amount of money. And thirdly, they're the sickest people in the country. You know, who do you want to deal with if you're a doctor? You want to take care of people who are sick? And you want to try and prevent them from getting sick. So the Medicare population is very, very important to us. I think we're really lucky uh, because Medicare is where innovation happens too, right? They're looking at new ways of engaging both patients and practices in taking better care of patients at a lower cost. So they've begun these programs around Medicare shared savings programs, Medicare Advantage, um, you know, REACH program direct contracting, just lots of trying different stuff. Much of it fails, that's the truth, and that, that's okay, that's innovation, right? Trying to change things and it not working. Um, so those programs allow us, I think, uh, to, to really put forward an effort that can result in a financial return. And that financial return is really not to enrich, uh, you know, everybody in the system, but it's to be able to do better, different, uh, uh, things to provide a more concierge type of experience to Medicare patients. Instead of having them pay a fee, they actually have it built into a program to take better care. Because as, we, as we've shown, I think now pretty conclusively, taking really great care of people, providing a concierge type service to people results in better outcomes, and that's lower cost. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to kind of add to that, I, I absolutely agree. And I, I think Medicare 
in a sense, leads the way for a lot of the rest of healthcare. Um, you know, I think them, you know, CMS essentially defining that, you know, every every Medicare patient has to be, a, you know, they want them to be a part of an accountable relationship by by 2030. You know, that that sets a, a, a standard for the industry that, you know, we're moving towards value-based care as an industry. And um, I think that's really defined a lot of innovation outside of that initial realm of how can we really help de deliver quality care at a lower cost? Um, and that's, that's essentially how we think about it as well as an organization. Um, we primarily focus on the Medicare population. Obviously, we're focused on um, delivering advanced care planning and, and care for serious illness. And that's largely focused in, in the Medicare space. So we're working with um, you know, organizations that are part of um, ACOs or MSSB ACOs, um, uh, Medicare Advantage plans, direct contracting groups, um, part of the ACO REACH program. And so a lot of where we are able to innovate is because of the innovation that Medicare drives themselves. And so um, I, I think they've um, really led the way for, for the industry. And um, I think a big part, part of the value-based industry's innovation within that is because of their success. We'll stay with you, uh, Daesh, for this next question. When you're, when you're innovating in this space, are there any key, you know, as it relates to Coda Health, are there any key collaborations, partnerships that you have today? And then we'll, we'll kick it over for, for Privia Health's uh, point of view as well that are helping with that innovation. Yeah. Well, uh, I think a couple of partnerships that I think are particularly, um, I think important to highlight one is, um, because of, I think the standard, um, that CMS has placed on, in moving towards value-based care, I think a lot of organizations are beginning to recognize the importance of um, bringing in tool sets and capabilities into their organization that they didn't once have. Um, and so one partnership to highlight, I think, the recognition that organizations see is um, we recently partnered with Cigna Medicare, where they're rolling out um, uh, CODA's advanced care planning tools to their entire MA population. And I think this is something that you might not have seen five, 10 years ago because uh, there was a, a really different landscape that existed there. But now with um, really the, the focus that uh, we have in, in, in the ecosystem, there is a, a real importance on really highlighting better care for our Medicare population, for serious illness, for social determinants of health. Um, and you know, with a lot of the changes that we're seeing, I, I think we're um, seeing interest from, from our partners in that aspect. So that's one that I think is particularly interesting in our end. Um, the other that I think is um, really important is um, we have a partnership with Care Journey, where um, one of the aspects that we're really trying to improve is our ability to identify patients who really need advanced care planning and how to establish better benchmarks for serious illness care. And I think the aspect and understanding of data across the healthcare ecosystem is one that's really important for us to be able to drive innovation forward, um, not in silos, but in a, as a entire industry, if you will. Um, so those are two that are, are particularly valuable and interesting on our end, I think. So I will, I will say we're, you know, we're, we're constantly uh, dealing with people who are trying to innovate and, and to make some important points. I think we have 
you know, several partners in areas, but maybe the most obvious one is Athena. We have a, you know, we have a single platform with Athena's help and we interact with Athena continuously about how can we do things better uh, for the physicians. We like almost everything we do to be integrated into that platform so that the doctor doesn't have to go in and out um, of those sorts of things. And in particular, you know, this is um, just generally true with all of these innovative things happening. The real problem is not great ideas. We've got a lot of them. The real problem is executing on great ideas. And that's very complicated. Um, the, the relationship you have with Cigna, boy, does that take a burden you know, off of us, like having, having to come up financially with a deal for a program like this. Actually, the payer saying, hey, we're going to back this up right out of the gate. That's, that's very useful. What I'd like to see, um, Dash, is you know, for you to be that for all the payers. So that when, so that when we see a patient uh, in our practices, we know what's gonna happen. We know that, that they're gonna have access to this program. We can then become really powerful in that, in that getting that done, executing, because when the, the practice says, hey, I want you to do this, and Cigna says, we offer it, and the practice says, that's what I want you to do, those patients are gonna end up doing it. And they really, they, it's really critically important that they do. I think I've been doing this for many, many years. And the, the greatest things you can do in healthcare are taking care of people who have advanced illnesses. You want to prevent them first. So I don't want to you know, take, take that away. But the truth is we're not doing too good in preventing. A lot of different forces causing that. But once a patient is sick, you want to be sure that they're going to have those things that they want, that they're gonna understand the consequences of not making these decisions now, some of the real, very negative uh, consequences of that, and to do it with a trusted partner. So I think with with the, the, you know, the physician, the primary care physician actually referring into uh, an advanced illness program, an advanced care planning program, uh, the, the benefits there are just huge. We've looked across this uh, with our patient population and it makes a gigantic difference in the outcome. That, that outcome you know, may in fact be a serious you know, death, right? And it may just be a much happier death, which is what we, we hope. Um, it also though, I have to say, is not associated with sooner uh, death, right? I think most people have, have shown that this actually prolongs life when the patient feels like they're in control of things. They do things that they want to do and they, they have more power. And it turns out they live a bit longer as well. So uh, the, the kind of stuff that Dash is doing is very, very important to our patients and of course to our program. Yeah. And then not to mention also the caregivers and loved ones of that patient who, who are often often patients um, of, of usually the same, same providers, same groups. And so um, kind of added benefits there, not just for that patient, but for, for family members and loved ones as well. Yeah, I think, in fact, I'll just say this. I, I'm a gastroenterologist and for a lot of my career, I was asked to put feeding tubes in. I was unusual because I didn't put most of them in. I talked to the patient, I talked to the family, and say, here's the pros and cons of that. And about 60% of the time, the patient and family would say, we don't want that. Engaging the family in these discussions is absolutely essential because you know, otherwise there's too much second guessing. 
Uh, and so I think a real complete program does that. It addresses, obviously, the patient's wishes and delivers an understanding among the family members about what might happen, what might not happen, and what that, that actual patient wants. So very, very uh, important. We'll stay, on, we'll stay on you for this next question, too, and then we'll kick it back. So this is, this is the advice portion, right? What advice would you give to these other organizations, right? Both of your organizations are innovating in this space. You're trying to, without giving a roadmap to your, you know, your competition of here's what you, know, you should be doing, right? Uh, but just broadly, in terms of innovating in the Medicare space, what advice would you give to uh, organizations out there? Yeah, it's so, it is so uh, tough, I, th I think. I, it seems like it should be easy. Um, I, because I think there are so many good ideas and generally you're not in the business uh, that I've been in for a long time or Dash is in where you're not good at selling your product. You know, it's, it's, it's something that you really have to be positive about. And a lot of times you hear a lot of positivity when there are clearly not everything is positive. It never is. Right. But great salesmen can really, um, uh, both accelerate the growth of a company and, uh, and of course, accelerate unhappiness with the company. So I, I think what I look for are people who uh, I develop a personal relationship in, uh, with, um, who have, if they've worked with other people who I've actually talked to the other people about and how has it gone, who have successful relationship, that's great, but it's not always true. I think people that would have partnered with Privia early on might have said, well, you don't have any successful relationships yet. It takes a while to build them. Um, and, uh, and then you have to be committed to the partnership. So I, I'm saying I'm putting a lot of pressure on the innovator, but I think on, on the person receiving that innovation, you've got to say, I'm going to commit to making this successful. For us, the most important thing there, right, is that the physicians and the pra practices, I'm going to say more than just the doctor and the practice, but the whole practice is also committed to this being the right thing to do. Uh, by patients. You go try and sell somebody on, you know, you can make $72 on this. Uh, I think you'll likely not sell it for very long. If you go say this is going to make that patient better, right, then you'll be able to sell it. Uh, so anyway, execution is critical. That takes both partners in, in a relationship uh, to, to work together. Yeah, I agree. And, and um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, what, what Keith's highlighting is, is understanding your stakeholders really well. Um, is I think critical, um, and uh, particularly on the on the partnerships end, finding um, those early partners who are as excited about what you're doing as you are, because it really requires that um, initial uh, partner who is willing to take risks and willing to um, really be as invested as you are in the success of this. So having someone who is um, who is uh, who, who thinks about the, the the need as as you do is I think critical, but I think in a broader sense, uh, thinking about innovation in Medicare, one thing that I think is very different from other aspects of of healthcare innovation is you have to really understand the Medicare patient population. Innovating for a sixty five and older population is very different from a, you know delivering a device or a product to someone who's thirty years old, and doing that. Uh, due diligence and spending that time talking to patients to understanding their needs and understanding um, what really needs to be developed and designed for them. It takes a lot of time, but 
you know that you're developing something that will actually be useful to them and not something that is going to have, you know, a, a, you know, extremely low engagement rate that's not going to be, you know, picked up and not going to be used because at the end of the day, if you're, if your innovation is not used by your Medicare population that you're developing or designing for, it's pointless. Um, so I think taking that up from time to really do the, the legwork and understanding, um, particularly that patient journey is critical. Well said, both of you. Uh, last question for each of you. Uh, we'll, we'll keep the format that we've been doing. So we'll, we'll roll with, uh, with you, Dej, for this next question. Uh, so this will be the, as we wrap up, what's, you know, what's your vision for the future of, of each of your organizations, specifically towards how you'll continue to help the Medicare population? Yeah, so I, I think a vision um, for me that I think I'm excited about is care becoming more and more patient-centered. I think... Um, you know, CMS and, and Medicare in general have placed more of an emphasis on patient experience. And um, I think that's really valuable, particularly for the work that we're doing. One of the things that I, I have the advantage and, and a privilege of um, is, is really hearing patient stories and patient journeys. And um, having that experience of hearing about, you know, a, a COPD patient who now is struggling to cook because she's now on oxygen, but she also has heart failure. And so she's just eating TV dinners and now is struggling with her heart failure getting worse and going into the hospital because of that. Understanding that patient journey and innovating and developing solutions that are really focused on understanding the needs and developing solutions for them, I think is really important. Um, and I, I'm glad that there's more and more of a focus on patient experience and a more patient-centered care. And I think um, that's only going to improve our care delivery mechanisms as we understand um, each individual patient better in our, in, our, in our care delivery. So that's what I'm excited about and, and my vision for the future. Yeah, I, uh, Desh, I think, let's see, what big company has, uh, you know, provides great service and has lasted a long time where the people don't like the service? You know, I mean, it's like this is it should have been primary from the beginning. Uh, I'm glad it's becoming primary, too. So I have a couple things I, I will just say. I think um, we're going to at Privia continue to, to innovate with the whole practice. I think these private practice doctors don't just take care of Medicare patients. They don't take care of one slice of life. They're taking care of big populations where everybody comes in. They like it that way. Right. It's not everybody needs to do that, but. They like it that way. So we have to be sure that we do that. Integrating uh, advanced care planning, advanced illness management, actually, I think benefits the whole package. These people then have parents uh, and they grow up and they are parents and they learn that in a certain system, you get a certain type of care that is to the point, like I said, concierge type care. It is better care and it doesn't cost anymore. In fact, it probably costs the whole system less. So I think that's important. I do want to say it's important for us to be successful. All right. And for that, that, that means patients have to do better. I can't sell to a doctor a technology and this, that, or the other without making the case that this is going to help a patient actually do better. That's what they really want. 
They're willing to do a lot of stuff. I'd like to make it easy. So patients, better outcomes, right? Making, taking some of the burden off practices, physicians and nurse practitioners, uh, and the, the, the rest of that practice that is helping that. And then for people like me and, and Dash, we have to grow, right? We're not going to change healthcare if we have one slice of a small segment of Houston. And we have to win. It's our job to make sure we're delivering on that promise. Um, because again, if we're not winning, we're not going to be providing the benefit to the patient. It'll, you know, it just won't work. And we won't for our, in our business, for the, for the physicians and their practices. Well said, both of you. Well, I want to thank you both once again for joining me on the Titans of Healthcare podcast. Excited to continue the conversation with both of you and continue uh, innovating and doing great things for, for the Medicare population and beyond. 